Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk TV Live. I'm your host, Barbara Barnett. I'm executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine. I almost forgot that for a moment. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine, um, where I also serve as the film and TV editor. And I am joined tonight by Jimmy. Jerome Wexel TV, who also writes for Blog Critics. He covers many things for us, including Doctor Who and Glee and uh, a lot of British TV. You do a lot of British TV uh, reviews for us. Uh, Yeah, a lot of my Blog Critics articles are. And you know this is the big Doctor Who week. You know, I'm going. Did you know that? You're going to what? To the the, the big Fathom Events thing. Oh, cool! Yeah, I got I got the comped, um, so I'm really excited about that. On the 24th, on the 24th, so I'm going to okay. that. So that'll be really cool. Um, so you do a lot of Doctor Who stuff for us, and, uh, and we're also joined tonight. And 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 you also write for Seat 42F, and for Big Bad and Geeky and Examiner. Do you still write for Examiner? <laughs> No, no. Uh, the good. Thing. I'm so the, glad the you don't write. <laughs> what? The good, the bad, and the geeky. The good, the, the good, bad, the bad, and the geeky. And the geeky. The yeah, I've been on your show a few times. <laughs> I still can't get the name right. Um, but <laughs> and I'm glad you don't write for Examiner anymore. They're like they're like really poor competition. Oh, they're horrible. They're yeah. so horrible. Well, much so better. Nice I do. <laughs> well, you know, much much better to 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 read um to read blog critics because we do a better job. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> we have an edited, classy operation, and we've just started adding a news feature. So um, if you guys want the latest news on all TV and music and movies, we are going to be starting to, uh, we've already started to um, promo sneak peeks and new press releases that come out from the networks and studios and the record labels. And we're going to be doing like short little um, tidbits uh, every day. So um, we'll be keeping you on the edge. It's kind of a new thing for us because we generally tend to go for like the 300 word insightful reviews and commentaries and a little bit more upper crust kind of stuff. But you know what? We also want to do some news. So we've decided to do that. So we're excited to be doing that right now. You guys can't do it. Only um, editors can, can do that, but um, we'll be opening it up to everyone at some time. So anyway, so, and we were also joined tonight by our heart, Chrissy, our heart radio, who does write <laughs> for the examiner. I 
Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Chrissy. I was just sad That's mouthing them. okay. My writings, I'm just starting out, so it's okay, but, you know. Oh, and it's a great, great thing to start on. They just treat you bad. It is. Yeah. And see, we treat you nice. We treat you nice. We, we, we treat people nice. Um, and, and we have great editors, and we have great executive editors. Um, yeah. <laughs> patting myself <laughs> on the back here. Uh, John Sobel and I on the show. It's it, and and we're owned. And I should not be. I would be remiss in uh, not saying that we are owned. Uh, our corporate parent is Technorati Media, the big, oh, okay. gigantic megalo. No, I shouldn't say megalomaniacal. Megalo. <laughs> Megalo. <laughs> company. I think they're like the fourth largest internet company in the country, but they own us. Funny. Wow. Um, so cool. yeah, cool. They they pay my salary, which is nice. Um, thank you guys. Um, which makes shows like <laughs> possible. <clears throat> and they don't pay for this show, so never mind Technorati. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and we are sponsored. Speaking of which, we are sponsored tonight by Wireless One, um, which does the greatest uh, apps for you for any any purpose at all and you can find them on letstalktv.barbabarnett.com right on the front page and we are also sponsored tonight by the book Chasing Zebras the unofficial guide to house md available on amazon.com and everywhere else and i've added a new sponsor cuz i have a new book yay. yay um yay it's called Still Hungry for Your Love Further Adventures in Zombie Romance and um, it's edited by Lori Perkins, and I have a story in it called The Z-Spot, which is a story of zombie love therapy. And um, so I'm really excited. It, it was out in ebook, and now it just came out in print. Cool. So I, I got my, thank you. I got my copy, and I'm so excited because I saw it like, you know, oh, it's in print now. It's a real book. <laughs> so... Um, very, very excited to see it. And that it's is a also real book now. It's a real book. It's not just an ebook. Um, so it's available. It's available everywhere. It's available at Barnes and Noble and Amazon.com, and it's available everywhere. Um, so pick that up if you want to read my fiction, which is um, now I'm a, as my agent calls me, a published fictionista. I have made the the crossover the divide. So we have a fantastic show tonight. I mean, really fantastic show. I'm very excited. I have to say, last night's Once Upon a Time is oh really God. rivaling Skin Deep for yeah. mm-hmm. my favorite episode. It was so well done and so well written and so well performed. And it, like the best Once Upon a Time episodes, it involves everyone. It involved everyone in the main cast in one way or the other. It was mostly Rumpel's story. But, mm-hmm. like, most of his stories, most of the stories in his arc, they involve kind of everyone else in one way or another. There's nobody that's, like, not in it. Um, I mean, well, obviously... more than everyone is connected to every character, you know? Cause yeah. he kind I mean, of was the go-to person. Yeah, he is connected to all the characters. Um, which is kind of cool. Uh, obviously, Belle wasn't in it, but um, but it was it was really. I thought it was just. I started my review. I, I wrote my review. It's funny because I wasn't going to post my <laughs> review till today. 
I, I, we have big storms. We are about 75 miles north of where those great big tornadoes hit oh, yesterday. So awful. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, in fact, my son called me. He says, Mom, the tornado struck right by where I was at school last year. Oh, he, my gosh. And, and where a lot of his friends still are. He, he went to University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. And um, he says, yeah, there was a tornado that, that touched down like 15 miles from the university. And so they were all a little nervous and the power went out. And he, live, he lives in Athens, Georgia now, so he doesn't live now. But, but he was, it was really kind of spooky. Anyway, so they were covering it on our local ABC station. And um, 6.59 came on, 6.15, so 7 o'clock came on. They were still covering it. But now what got me really upset and normally I kind of groove on the disaster coverage because I'm sort of a, you know, like I'm really interested in that stuff, especially weather stuff, because um, I'm sort of a, a, a climate change, like I, I really follow that. I really follow weather stuff. Um, but they started talking about the Bears game. And I was like, wait a second. Okay, it's one thing if you want to give emergency numbers and you want to talk about the Red Cross but come on, you're talking about the freaking bears. Give me a break. <laughs> so I started tweeting them <laughs> about 7.05. And I was like, oh, come on, guys. You're just Now you're just repeating yourself. And now you're not even talking about the storm. You're talking about the bears. You have your sports guy there. Come on. So I was really catching about it. That's a Yiddish word for complaining. Um, <laughs> and I finally at 7.24, they started the Once Upon a Time feed. Yay. So um, I watched it starting at 7.24 to the end, and I was going to wait until I saw the whole thing before I wrote my review, but I really, really, really love this episode. So I couldn't, I couldn't contain myself. Um, I, wrote the ep- I wrote the review, and I started the review with the word, I never do this. I started the wor- review with the word, Wow. And what I said is, I you know I really did. Um, I um, I thought it was really appropriate, and I just want to read like the first paragraph, if I might. And by the way, David Goodman, the the exciting part is not my review or not the episode itself, even which was great, but the fact is that David Goodman, who wrote last night's episode, will be joining us in about twenty minutes. Um, which is really, really exciting. So um, I've got, I'm going to interview him. I've got a ton of questions for him. I've gotten a bunch of questions from, um, on Twitter today, Twitter feed. People have been tweeting me questions all day. And I know that, uh, Chrissy, you have questions and um, yep. people in the chat room have questions. So if you guys want to type questions in, um, Jimmy and uh, Chrissy, if you want to chime in with questions, that's great as well. Okay. Um, but uh, when he comes on, but I'm going to take a few minutes um, myself, and uh, I'll I'll be cognizant of the time. But this is what I this is how I started my my review. Wow, it's been a long time since I've said that about a Once Upon a Time episode, so it bears repeating. Wow, such a packed hour, complete with emotional sucker punch. Several, actually, and reveals and surprises. Think Lovely Thoughts was as close to a perfect Once Upon a Time episode as I can imagine. And then I put my caveat about having missed the first 25 minutes. 
While our intrepid heroes <laughs> battle the real villain in the evil Peter Pan, they continue to battle their own internal battles, whether to overcome trauma's presence since a long past childhood or to possess a self-belief needed to prevail or to persuade others to believe in them. And it was all beautifully done. Kudos to David Goodman and Robert Hull for a wonderfully rendered script, deeply layered and giving all our main characters their moments. I really, really loved the episode. Can you tell? Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you liked it enough, though. <laughs> I, you it's know, a good thing you know, this is the one you have the writer coming on for, because if this had been like one of the really bad episodes, it'd be a little awkward. I know. Well, you know what? What and and I've actually had tremendous success with this. Because I've had Jane mm-hmm. on. I had her on for Skin Deep. Well, Jane's always good. That's a given. Jane's you can have Jane on without yeah. any worry at all. Well, but you know what? I've I've been a fan of David Goodman's because um, I've I've liked his Once Upon a Time episodes. And since Jane is in no, you know, I think part of it is that Jane is working on uh, on Once Upon a Time in Wonderland now as well. Mm-hmm. So she's not necessarily going to be writing as many episodes. So um, I think David has become sort of the go-to guy for Rumpel. Well, look at some of the other episodes he's written. I mean, he did Crocodile. And... Yeah, and Nasty Habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done I some mean, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's done some really good stuff. He's a really terrific writer. He really knows how to layer things in. Um, he's a lot in Jane's mold as far as, you know, I mean, well, he's in his own right. He's a great writer. But he, like Jane, knows how to really layer things in and really mm-hmm. not make things as black and white as they might seem. So, um, but, you know, were you guys surprised um, with the reveal of Peter Pan being Rumpel's father? I was. How many of you guys in the chat room were surprised? I was shocked. Well, I was surprised and I wasn't. I, 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 like I was telling you guys before the show, I really saw it coming from the moment we first saw Rubble's father and he was doing the games. But at he the same I time, did. even though I like thought I had it figured out, I kept telling myself, I'm wrong. There's no way. There's no way. And so when they did the reveal, I was still surprised, even though I'd thought about it earlier in the hour. See, and I missed yeah, that. I hadn't I didn't see the first 20, I, I didn't see the first 25 minutes until this morning. So um, I went well, and bought Barbara, it. Um, well, Barbara, hmm? you and I, we spoke ahead, We spoke right after the show because you were like, I know. did you see it? I'm like, yeah, I was just freaking out. It was it was just, it was such an unexpected twist. That's the thing. Yeah. In, 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 in everything that, it, that has happened in the craziness of Once Upon a Time, never did that even enter my mind. Yeah. And I come up with all kinds of crazy, you know, we and, always and talk about been, crazy theories. Yeah. And we've been trying to figure out how... Rumple and Pan were connected because they're on. Yeah. Um, it's well, since you watched the end first and then went back, did you see those hints laid down early in the episode? I did. I did. I did. I yeah. did. I did. Um, it, it just really, um, it, it, it was really, really well done. I, I really thought that, um, you know, talk about worst parent of the year. Holy smokes. Well, no wonder. I mean, that, and, and it's, and it's uh, interesting to me, I thought about this after the fact, but, you know, a lot of times in other Peter Pan things, they refer to him as the boy that never grew up. And Once Upon a Time hasn't hammered that at all. They haven't really used that phrase. 
And mm-hmm. now it makes total sense. Why not? Because it he wasn't a boy. He did grow up. And so he did. I don't know. That to me just was like, oh, that's why they never called him that all season. So, so I have a question for you guys, and I'm going to ask this of David as well. So the boy will be his undoing. Mm-hmm. Is the boy Henry or is the boy Pam? Oh, oh, oh. I think it might be the latter, actually, now that you're saying that. Uh-huh. That's a great Certainly question. Was. But wasn't there more to that? Wasn't it the boy that would lead into something? Wait, I'm trying to remember what that whole thing was. Well, they showed it in the beginning of the show, and would you know, I can't even think of what it was. It was basically, it was like, no, that that, that you, it was your... It was your actions on the battlefield, Will. Your, your son's that, father. That will, that will lead to the, the boy being your, yeah, that it will be you your, will be the re- boy. You will be reunited, you will be reunited with your son. And but, I can't remember the rest. But that's the, I that's know, the, but it was like, but the boy will be your undoing. But it yeah. could be. Well, that's the other thing is, how do we know the boy? He's not talking about his son. Hey. Well, I, I thought that I was pretty sure there was something in the prophecy that led him to believe it was Henry before this that referred yeah. to something Henry's already done. Yeah, it could be. It could remember. be. Or maybe it's just interpretation. It's just like interpreting that's the word true. undoing, which, by the way, I am also going to ask David about the def- a definitional problem. A definitional question. Undoing means a lot of different things. And does undoing mm. mean death? And um, and and obviously they're getting around that, that by using <laughs> Pandora's box. Um, and Rumpel's not dead. Clearly Rumpel's not dead. Um, oh, no, he's no. in the box. And God only knows how he'll come out of that. Now that's really interesting too. Because he's in this box, right? And, and all of the evil of the world is in this box. And... Mm-hmm. Um, what happens to the evil, to the dark side of Rumpel when he's in there? What I'm thinking is maybe he comes out and he's not the dark one anymore. I think that's his undoing. Or maybe I he's think more of a, a dark one because mm. he had to. When he's in a spot of pure evil, you know, he may need that darkness to survive. Or maybe it's stripped from him because he's really... You know, I think that this this thing in Neverland has been such an unbelievable journey for him, which, I, you know, mm-hmm. I said from the beginning, and, and Adam and Eddie said this to me at Comic-Con, and, and, and Robert did as well, um, you know, said that the this first half of the season for Rumpel is going to be, this is really Rumpel's story. This is um, a real journey for him and mm-hmm. um, into his heart of darkness. And I really have been. I mean, they really delivered on that. And um, I thought mm-hmm. it was really good. But I loved the fact that he went along with helping Charming with no payoff. Mm-hmm. He really yep. wants everyone to believe in him. He really wants that. Well, he's definitely broke that trend that, you know, we were talking about his family and you know, what yeah. his father did and what his father's father did. He's and broken he that cycle. The one that he's broke the trend. Yep, he broke the cycle because he ha- he Just, he let go. It was a terrible, terrible, and, and I love that confrontation. I am nothing like you. 
You know, I am nothing like you. I let go his hand and I have regretted that since the moment that happened. I've spent my whole life looking for my son. And what did you do? Do you, do you think we're going to learn that those ants had more influence on him than even we've seen so far? That maybe that's, you know, part of that's where the goodness. That's where, okay? Yeah, maybe that's where the goodness in him comes. You know, where does that intrinsic? Hmm. The two Stargate ants. Yeah, the stu. The, yes, one from what is she? Was she an SG? Well, you know the the one, um, Glynis Davies. One was Atlantis and one was Universe. Yeah, Glynis Davies. This is the weird, interesting little connection. So Glynis Davies was in Stargate Universe, which of course, hopefully, you all in in my audience know, or maybe you don't. Um, was Robert Carlyle's last series. He was the star of that what? show. Um, and interestingly enough, he play, she played Eli Blue's, Eli Blue, <sighs> Eli Wallace's mother, played by David Blue, um, Eli's mom. And there was an episode in the second season called Pathogen, which was really her episode. It was hers and Eli's episode. And Robert Carlyle directed it, and he directed her. Um, Mm. And she was really the main guest star in the episode. And uh, so he directed her. And I think that's so cool that she plays young Rumpel's spinster aunt. I just, I just love that. So um, she was a really great, I really liked her. She was a really great character. Wonder um, if Carlisle had some uh, hand in that casting. You know, a lot of the shows that film in Vancouver, and, and actually Once Upon a Time isn't one of them, um, but a lot of the shows in Vancouver, there's a huge, huge pool of talent in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Stargate Universe actors turn up on things like Supernatural. Like Elena Hoffman mm-hmm. has been on Supernatural. Right. Uh, uh, I can't Smallville remember. film there and Aaron Smallville, there. right, right, right. So a lot of those guys have been on um, a lot of those Canadian shows. What what Once Upon a Time tends to do is import British actors. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, lots of British actors, which is which is kind of cool because I don't think they need like a work visa to work in Canada. They would to work in the U.S., but not to work mm-hmm. in Canada. So um, you know, it's easy to bring actors in from from Canada, so which is uh, easy for the actors as well as the studio because they're not working in the U.S. They're working in part of the Commonwealth. So um, so that's kind of cool. Um, so I thought that was really good. I, I love the ants, by the way. I thought that added a lot of really nice lightness to the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like them, and I love that the fact that he can spin. You know, that's yeah, what he got and that's what, and you know, also you know this when he feels stressed, right? When Mister Gold feels stressed, yep. Rumpel yeah, feels. What he does he do? What does he do? He, he spins. spins. Yeah. He spins exactly. because it ha- and in skin deep, he spins. Why do you spin? Because it helps me to forget. Yeah, now this episode did a good job of tying into so many other elements of the personality that have been established. It, it it really it really did. I just again, I cannot say enough about this episode. It has renewed my delight with the show. 
Um, I thought this this season has been really good. I've really liked this season. There hasn't mm-hmm. been any one episode where that has just gobsmacked me. I think that's the right term. There's only been one like, episode that I thought was terrible, but yeah, there hasn't been any that have been awesome until now. No, no, no. Yeah, just like so, it was like sort of like House in the last couple seasons. It was like, mm-hmm. mm, yeah, I like it, but there wasn't one that left me breathless during the commercial breaks. This one left me breathless during the commercial breaks. It was like, come on, can't I fast forward? Um, it, it, it really, really, really left me um, staggered at how really wonderful it was. And I thought the acting was, um, ah, a young boy will lead you to your son. The boy will be your undoing. Since yeah, Harry I guess those two things could be unrelated, but it, it, they seem to be related. A young boy will lead you to your son. Yeah, well, that's true. Okay, so I guess it is Henry. Um, so unless unless the two sentences aren't meant to have anything to do with one another, which is possible. Yeah, it's very possible because that seer was kind of slippery. Mm-hmm. Was she not? Right, a young boy yeah, will lead absolutely. you to your son. The boy will be your undoing. They could be two unrelated sentences. Yep, it could, could be. be. They could. So I'm really excited about next week's, uh, two weeks' episode, because next week there is no um, I know. I'm getting no episode. Done. So do you guys want to hear what, uh, what what the press release says for two weeks from last night? Yeah, that would be great. It's called, the episode's called Save Henry. Um, while Henry's life hangs in the balance, the race is on to stop Pan from gaining full magical powers from the heart of the truest believer. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke of the past, Regina decides to fill a void in her life and with Mr. Gold's help, sets out to adopt a baby. Finally. Finally. That's what I've been waiting for. So... Um, Samantha says in the chat room, I went back and watched Nasty Habits, knowing that Peter was Rumpel's father. Incredibly cruel. Oh, there is no doubt in my mind that Rumpel's father takes the crown of worst parent in the world from Cora. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't think, <laughs> I think that so. was going to be. I didn't yeah, think that no, was going to be possible for someone being heartless. Heartless. And cruel beyond belief. Cruel beyond mm-hmm. belief. But what a point. There's so much poignant in that episode. Um, I'm sort of kind of got my eye on the, the um, queue here. I'm waiting for David. Um, I know the number he's calling from. So um, I'm kind of keeping an eye here. Um one of the things that really struck me, again, the performances were so good. Robbie Kay never ceases to amaze me. I know. Isn't he wonderful? What, oh, yeah. what fabulous cat. That kid, I really think that he is the next Johnny Depp. I mean, he's, he could he's be. just, he really is. He is, the kid is so, the thing with him is that it's so natural. He's a little bit like Robert Carlyle in that, because with Robert Carlyle, he, everything just comes naturally to him, and, and, I, and that's my feeling with Robbie. I mean, 
you know, you, you didn't see that movie that I saw him in, but I'm telling you, I mean, even at the age of, I think he was 13 when he did that movie, it was just, you know, he, he just, and, and the people that, the director that I talked to on that show, on that movie, said that he was just so taken with him, and that he, the way he, he uh, com, that he relates to the actors surrounding him is just, it's, he's got a gift, you know, a real gift for it. And yeah, there's a real naturalism. There's a yeah. naturalism and a grace to his performance, and yeah, his scene, his scenes last night with uh, Robert, or scene last night, his scenes mm-hmm. last night with Robert were just they just sizzled. They just. But I totally totally bought when what he was telling Henry. I mean, he sold that scene. You could see why Henry would be divided on what the truth was. Totally, totally. Oh yeah, Even there's with so his much parents being the other side of it. Yep, and the, the intensity. Wow. Wow, yeah. coming from was, a young actor. Was, yep, it was incredible. He makes, a, he makes a great villain. I love the fact that they matched um, Rumpel's father's eyes with Peter Pan's blue eyes. Yeah, I thought that was interesting <laughs> that they were able to I was like, that. wow, they made him blue-eyed, just like Peter Pan, of course. Yeah, of course. How cool is that? And, I mean, just how sad is Rumpel's story that he was really, he is really a traumatized child. He is, he is a traumatized, mm-hmm. battered, neglected, abandoned child. And the fact that, that Peter Pan kept taunting him with it. Wow. The thing that I don't understand, I am going to ask David about it, and I'm hoping he calls in. I don't see him yet. Um, I hope they remembered. <laughs> and I hope he remembered. Um is that um, I don't know if Robbie K always had blue eyes. Um, anyway, I um, I'm just thinking. I'm hoping I sent them the phone number. Yeah, I did. I sent them the phone number because um, they sent their phone number back. Um, so um. I don't remember where I was going now because I was like thinking about uh, David and why he has, you know, he's not called in yet. Um, but that's okay. We still got 11 seconds till he's supposed to be here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> six, five, four. Now he'll call in. I'm sure he'll call in. Um, if not, we can just keep talking and we'll have him on another time. Um, but I thought that, where was I going? Um, oh my gosh. I got totally sidetracked. Blue eyes and that the, and that pan was yeah blue eyes and then so did his father have blue eyes yeah I love that terrible. I really by the way yeah. I love Stephen Stephen Lord did a great job as well yeah he he did I have to say I mean and so did little Wyatt Wyatt that played um Why, yes um, Wyatt Olaf he was let me tell you that kid with the he had the accent okay. down All right. which I was think incredible. we have David hang on a second I think we have David. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hi, is this David? It is. Hi, David. How are you? This is Barbara. Hey, Barbara. How's it going? I am good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Um, I have two other people that are here with me live, and that's okay. uh, J- uh, James Daly and um, Christine Piccolo, who both write for Blog Critics, and they're on my okay. regular once upon a time panel. Um, first of all, wow, wow, wow. 
That's exactly <laughs> how. I I never ever ever start a review, and I was telling my audience earlier, I never ever start a TV review with "Wow," but I did last night for the very first time, and I said it twice. Yay! Um, I read it, it was, by the way. <laughs> did you really? Oh, I'm the so review. Glad. Yeah, of course. Oh, well, that's so nice. Um, I just it was fabulous. Um, it really. Um, it's been a while since I've seen any TV show that literally had me holding my breath through the commercial breaks. So happy to hear that. And I think that I am not the only one that feels that way. I think every single fan that I have talked with, even people who've been critical of this season in one way or another, uh, loved this episode. So that I needed to get that out of the way. And, and I think my panelists, um, would agree with me. We've just been talking about how wonderful the episode was for the last half hour. So, <laughs> yeah, congratulations! <laughs> um, oh, thank you so much. So, wow, talk about Rumpel having the worst parent of the year. Uh, well, I know if anyone if anyone should, he should, right? I mean, knowing uh, knowing what he's done and where he's come from. <laughs> yeah, and talk about a traumatized child. Yes, yes, and I think. Uh, you know, hopefully for a lot of people, I mean, I, I think, you know, something that the show uh, has done well is is making its villains uh, giving context to why they do what they do. And I think uh, for many, for three seasons, we've kind of, you know, we've understood him more than you would understand a lot of villains on a lot of different shows. But certainly for, uh, we, we kind of gave the final word um, or the sort of the original sin um, that kind of, I think, puts everything he's done uh, in context. Um, and I think we already, we, you know, we always, I think you understood his struggle for to, to do the right thing and how he didn't do the right thing with Balefire. Um, but now, boy, you know where he came from. <laughs> and, right. And, and uh and how how that is how, how that has been a cycle um that 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 he's uh he, he's been trying to break this season yeah and and he has i loved by the way the confrontation between rumple and pan in the cave was yeah. was shakespearean it was it was amazing oh, um, i am so glad and and didn't uh robbie k just slay that i mean we know obviously bobby carlisle is amazing yeah. Uh, but didn't uh, Robbie just stand sort of toe to toe with him? Oh, yeah. We and we've just been talking about that as to how naturalistic and what a gr- gracefulness Robbie Kay has, and not yeah. unlike Robert Carlyle. I, I think they're yeah. very much of the same mold. And for him to be able to play Rumble's father, and by the way, that puts—I mean, what happens last night, and it puts everything, every conversation that he and Peter Pan have had into a completely new context. Sure. So now everybody and, has to go and watch all those episodes again. And by the way, I will, I will tell them to, to do that and know that, that none of those conversations, every one of those conversations was written with this reveal in mind. I mean, I will be, listen, some revelations you fall into and you say, hey, wouldn't it be great, you know, four episodes later you say, hey, wouldn't it be great if... We didn't know this, that, or the other thing, but this from the beginning of of season three, we knew, uh, you know, who Pan was and and everything from. And it's very funny because when uh, you and I did the interview call on episode four, yeah. um, which is sort of the precursor to this episode, um, 
you know, there are many things in that episode, including the use of the word laddie, the way that uh, that that uh, uh, Robbie or sorry, that Pan calls uh, Rumple that in that episode. And then it's reprised here and you understand that that's something that his father always said, things like that that have been planned out, you know, since the season began. Oh, yeah. Brilliantly done. So that actually answers a question that a couple of my listeners, my readers had was, did you did you have all of the episodes leading up to this were written with um, this in mind. In fact, somebody in the chat room saying that answers my question. Yay. <laughs> yes. No. And, and from, you know, from the moment that the doll, the Cornhusk doll is given to, to Rumple by Felix um, in, in the premiere, um, you know, we knew, uh, we didn't know exactly. I mean, some of the specifics we had yet to figure out, but, but that was our, that was the beginning of that, of that arc. Cool. That just great. There's clearly more to explore in Rumpel's character, but you've really, you've really mined him. What yeah. else is there to learn? <laughs> or is he going to be gone forever in that little box? Hopefully not. <laughs> uh, I, I, I suspect if you think long and hard about it, you can answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I suspect that he's not going to be in that box forever. His, his story is not yet done. No, no, and I hope it never gets done until, you know, years <laughs> from now when, this, when the show goes off the air because it's, a, it's definitely a great story. Um, so next episode we're going to be learning more about how Henry happened to come to Storybrooke. I happened Correct. to get the press release today from ABC, so that was always nice to have. It's always nice to have. Um, sure. And you guys are just giving away so much in the way of not giving away. You're not yeah, giving away spoilers. I, I get it. But you're really making a lot of reveals um, this season, origin stories. Um, it, now we're going to see Henry's origin story. Um, where do you go from there? You know, Where do you go from now to the second half of season three? Oh, well, I mean, I think we – the air episode – the air order for this year was very intentionally put into doing kind of a first um, group of, of episodes running almost interrupted. The only interruption is the one that you, you that people are going to feel in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then running straight after that through to episode 11, and then the second group being 12 through 22, uh, starting in, in the spring. And we very much, it was very much designed to, uh, I don't want to say tell necessarily a full story in the first half and then, and then launch a new story in the second half, but I definitely think people will see things, certain storylines being wrapped up here, and then the, clearly the suggestion of a storyline for season two. Um, so in terms of, of where we're going to go, it's going to be a, it's going to be wildly different. Um, and, and I'm, I'm not going to, nor would I give away where it's going to go, but, uh, but we, we, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all mapped out and it's going to be, have a distinctly sort of different vibe, uh, than the first set of episodes. Mm -hmm. When we spoke the last time and we talked about how the split season, uh, seems to be able to help the focus of the narrative. And it was actually pretty early on in the season. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and you just were like right on the money with that because it's really, this has been just so rich and layered and focused um, mm -hmm. with each of the characters having the journey, just as you explained to me. Um, and now we have David too, um, who's, who's now tied to Rumpel's fate. You know, right. how's he going to, how's he yeah. going to live? Right. 
So um, this is this is great. So will there be a cliffhanger at the end of episode eleven, or will it be uh, you know we're done and now we're going to go on? Oh uh, no no there will be plant there I mean the uh, you will certainly be teased with something to come back to. There is no it's not uh, carefully cleaved where you just uh, things sort of fade out. Um, we definitely uh, uh, give a hint of where of where things are going to be going in the second half. Cool. So, um, take, and I know you and I have done this a little bit um, when we've yeah. talked. Um, but how does the writing go how, when you get an uh, an assignment? Do, do you get an assignment to write this episode, or do you pitch an idea to Adam and Eddie? How does that work? Yeah. No, I mean it it's it's much more a group effort at the very beginning where we will be all together in a room and you you'll kind of have a sense usually the first thing is we kind of know whose episode it's going to be um and here in this instance it was just we knew this was going to be uh Rumpel's episode and we knew we, this is the episode that was going to reveal that that uh Peter Pan was his dad and um Similarly, with episode four that I also uh, that I also co-wrote um, uh, with uh, Robbie Hull, uh, uh, one of our other writers, that also started. We knew it was going to be a Rumple episode, and actually, in that version, we also knew it was going to be about um, about Pan. It, but we knew we weren't going to reveal the father of it there, and we were going to do sort of two episodes, four four episodes apart, four and eight, that were going to kind of tell this two-part story and actually sort of in reverse order, showing the middle first and then the origin story um, second. And then, you know, everybody pitches on it, and um, the writing staff, usually some one or two people will be out writing a script, but everybody else will be in, in the writer's room pitching on the episode and we'll get a pretty clear sense of what the episode is. We call it breaking the story, and you literally we write it on a whiteboard, and and every scene is there, and we have pitches on dialogue in the scene and kind of where the scene goes. And then the two writers who um, who have been assigned to it, um, and and that's something that Adam and Eddie will sort of tell us. You know, at any point during the breaking process, they'll pull me aside and say, you know, you're going to write this one, and you, you and Robbie are going to write it together. Um, which allows us to kind of focus on things and, and kind of be asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. Then the two of us will go off and write an outline together and literally he'll write the first half and I'll write the second half and then we'll give notes on one another's stuff and rewrite it. And then that's sort of how it goes for the script too, where we'll write different halves and then we usually get in a room together and all the writers work differently depending on – we've he and I have written a number of scripts together, so kind sure. of we've gotten into the pattern of – We'll do our separate stuff, and then we always try to take a day or two where we can sit in a room together and just go over it line by line and rewrite one another's stuff and pitch, you know, pitch different lines and stuff like that, and it's worked uh, pretty well. Cool. So, how far back did you plan on making Peter Pan Rumpel's father? What a, what an interesting twist. Oh, I, I mean, we we have something that we call mini camp, which is in, BC, in between seasons. We'll get together for a couple weeks, and we will. It's like at the end of season two, we shot the last episode. We everybody took a little bit a bit of a break, and then we got together for two weeks, 
and we will just kind of spitball ideas for season three or, you know, the, the, the upcoming season. In this case, it was season three. And I am trying to remember, but I, I want to say, obviously, we knew we were going to Neverland because at the end of season two, everyone's going right. there. We knew we were going to be going up against Peter Pan. Um, and <clears throat> I think somebody had thrown out the idea at the end of season two. And if not, it came up in minicam of, of somebody pitched that idea out. Um, and it just, you know, it was, it was too good an idea to not to stick. Brilliant. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we knew pretty early. So um, that was, I have to say, my hats off for keeping this such a complete secret. Oh, thank you. Everyone was shocked. Um, I think <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I was shocked. <laughs> Um, and I usually see things coming um, on Once Upon a Time. Last year, I think sure. I drove Jane crazy, or I think it was in season one. I think I drove Jane Espenson crazy because I kind of, like, guessed early on uh-huh. um, a lot of stuff. I did not see this coming at all, not till the and, very end. And, um, you know, we play, you know, we, you always play a game in terms of wanting to put the breadcrumbs out and uh, and wanting – you know, it, it not to be totally opaque so that people can't look back on and say that, that there weren't any clues, but you also don't want to tip it too far where, you know, the boards are, are have already beaten you to the punch. So uh, clearly, and you never know until it airs, we, we hit the right balance in this one in terms of putting out enough clues, but not uh, but not too many. Sure. Um, I have to ask you about the casting of, and I know you're not necessarily involved in the casting, but um, the casting of, of Stephen Lord as Rumble's yeah. dad was brilliant. It was yeah, great. yeah. And I mean, in terms of the decision on that, I mean, we we watched a, a bunch of tape, and uh, obviously Adam and Eddie had the final say on that. Sure. But when we watched him, it was, um, you know, he was he was just he was incredible. And he also, to be honest, I mean, I think he brought a very. Um, a really interesting, hard, cynical take yeah. to that character oh, um, that much. that was not, I would say, was not explicitly in the script. It was a very specific take, and we saw it in dailies. Um, and he was just so good, and you felt so terrible for this little kid, uh, for little Rumple. Um, and uh, it was a really interesting choice, and it was very, it's very interesting to see. His performance in that scene, in the scene where Rumpel was being pulled away by the shadow, and then obviously in, in young Rumpel's point of view, he 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 turns into Robbie Kay into Peter Pan, and to see the tears in Robbie Kay's eyes, right. and all of the sort of emotion that um that that he was feeling it was just so interesting to see that transition from literally one actor playing the part to yeah. to another actor playing the part. And how their interpretations kind of butt up against one another right there. It's really sort of uh, electric and kind of dynamic. It is. But there was also in um, both performances, both Robbie Kay's and Stephen Lord's, that hardness. Yes. You know, there's a real hardness there, a real like um, obsidian hardness that doesn't exist in any of the other characters except maybe Cora. Uh-huh. And uh, I mean, it certainly doesn't exist in Rompel, who's no, you know, for sure. a nominal for sure. villain, but underneath, you know, he's not such a villain. And we understand yeah, yeah, he's like, you know, so, but yeah, I, I just thought that was great. And and I can't, I would be remiss in not mentioning young Wyatt Olaf, 
Yes. Um, playing young. What, what great casting, too. Yeah. He, he really could be Robert Carlyle's younger self. And, and, and obviously, I mean, you know, one of the challenges of an episode like this is it's wildly, wildly exciting. Yeah. And then you write it, and then you say, oh, Lord, what, what if either one of them is no good? The act, you know, because, I mean, yeah. this is – this is not, you know, usually we have, uh, you know, our core characters, the, those actors that you know and love so well, kind of taking you through these flashback stories. And this is a flashback story that depends completely, completely, except for Robbie Kay appearing at the end, uh, depends on these guest actors. And both of them did such an amazing job. And the episode would be a disaster without well, and, such compelling performances. Right. And, and, and Wyatt being able to, I, I don't believe he's, Scottish, but trying to, you know, master that Scottish yeah. dialect, which is yeah. one of the most difficult dialects in the entire world to yeah. master for an actor. And he really did a nice job for a, a, a yeah. young boy. Um, yeah. So, um, I, oh, I want to give my, my other panelists a chance to ask some questions. But I have a couple yeah, more sure. questions before I, I open it up to them and to the audience. Sure. Um, so, um the, the term undoing is used a lot, right? Yeah. The, the boy is going to be his undoing. And undoing can mean more than one thing. And, of course, Rumpel, in Rumpel's point of view, undoing means his death. Yes. But undoing could mean the death of the Dark One. Could For sure. Not. For sure. Uh, For sure. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say we, we wrote it um, – Knowing the ways in which that that term could be, uh, you know, could be interpreted, and and and, and sort of embracing that, um, mm-hmm. and embracing the the way in which he clearly has a very clear sense of it, meaning his death, um, and obviously, I think from the audience's point of view, uh, hoping it means you know something different than that, um, and something more potentially complicated and more interesting. Yes, and and so far it has, and. I, I think this whole journey has been, in a way, an undoing of the Dark One because where he has traveled from being the Dark One to this episode where he, you know, is like, my death be damned, I'm going to save my grandson. Yes. And what a journey that has been because a year ago that would not have been Rumpel. No, yeah, and it was it was nice, again, only because you and I discussed episode four, it was really nice to be able to do sort of a sister scene to the to the scene in episode four where Neil doesn't trust his dad and he says, look, yeah. if you want me to trust you, give me the dagger. Um, and and Rumpel says, I can't, and his son, in true, true uh, attic form, thinks his father just, you know, can't give up his power. And right. we know that, that Rumpel used it to cut his shadow off, and here in episode eight, you know, the only reason that Rumpel is able to walk through the protection spell is because right. he doesn't have his shadow, and Neil is able to go, right. oh, my God, you were telling me the truth. <laughs> right, right, um, right. So, um, okay, so Henry wanted, at one point, wanted to destroy magic. He doesn't want... Uh, he doesn't want Regina to use it. He doesn't want his mom to use it. And now he wants to save magic. What caused this turnaround? I mean, what is is Pan that convincing, or has he brainwashed the poor child? Uh, um, I mean, I, I think it can be interpreted either. I, I mean, I think you can say it's, it's a little of one and a little of the other. Uh, I think, you know, I think magic is a powerful thing. I think... If you are to understand, 
you know, the journey that even Regina takes in terms of in previous seasons being the example to Henry of the kind of the evil magic can do um, and now has seen his mother, whether it's in, you know, the season two finale where she sacrifices herself to try to, um, uh, you know, allow him to to survive with with a family that that isn't her. And she's literally willing to give up her own life. I think that and other things maybe have informed a, a slightly more nuanced idea of that magic isn't just evil um, and that it can be wonderful and that it can be used for good. Um, and obviously, he, you know, on Neverland, even going to that place, a place fueled by magic, um, has kind of – and a place that, that in theory kids visited in their dreams has given him a different perspective. And then obviously in the episode itself and in the episode beforehand, this kind of idea that, that Wendy's life may be in danger and she is per, perhaps right. just a proxy for – uh, other things that could happen if magic goes away, and, and that he wants to help this uh, help this girl survive. Right, right. Okay. Now I have to ask you. This was a question that was tweeted to me. Uh, several of these questions were t- tweeted to me. Yeah, but, sure. Um, so this is not my question, although I have to say it's not a, a bad question. Um, so the question is, and I'm reading this verbatim: Did they try to make gold this sexy this season on purpose? Did we try to make him this this sexy this yeah, season yeah. on purpose? You know, she she was particularly referring to his his costume with the very with the with the shirt that goes down halfway down yeah. his chest and the ruffles well, at the you know yes and, and very I, dashing. I, I, He's very dashing. I think we would we would do absolutely nothing to discourage people from being uh, you know completely taken by him. I mean, I, listen. He's a good-looking guy with all that awful makeup on. So, I mean, what's going to happen when you take the dark oh, yeah. one makeup off? I mean, you know. Totally. He, he, <laughs> I, I met him. I met him at Comic Con, and I interviewed him at Comic Con, and it's like, yes, don't, oh, don't it's, convince this, me. <laughs> he's mag. He is magnetic. Magnetic. Yes, he is totally magnetic. He can look at you and stare right through you, yep. and it's yeah, magnetic is the word. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask uh, Jimmy. Do you have any questions? that you wanted to ask? Sure. Um, I guess I'm kind of, is this Neverland thing, uh, is this, are we going to see Neverland again after these next couple episodes? Or once this is over, we're just going to move on and, and for basically, you know, go past what's, what we spent all fall working on? Uh, I mean, I, th- I think what I will say is that you, certainly in the next couple episodes, the, the, the storyline that um that we've been following with with Henry and Neverland is going to come to you know a sort of a dramatic conclusion uh i, I was, would never say never in terms of and, and and especially when talking about Neverland i guess never uh-huh. say never in terms of whether or not uh we will go back there i mean there are sometimes where by design we do it and and also sometimes where I never thought we would do so many episodes just tapping back into Rumpel's backstory, just being one example of how, you know, we sometimes find, oh, there are parts of these stories that we thought we had told, but but we haven't told all of it. Okay, cool. Any other questions, Jimmy, before I go to Chrissy? And then our... One more. One more. Um, Go for it. With Emma, Emma's magic power has come in just little tiny bits that we've gotten over the last couple of years. Are there any plans anytime soon to really delve into the power Emma has and what it means, or is it still just going to be like droplets let off at a time? 
I certainly think that the 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 you know she is going to she's on kind of a, a life journey as opposed to sort of an episode journey in regards to that, um, and so uh, for sure she is going to be struggling with that as we move forward, uh, uh, you know, episode to episode. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's 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 what I would say to that. She's she's going to be she's going to continue struggling, you know, with her magic and as it defines who she is as. Emma, as it defines who she is as a savior, and I think people will see, um, you know, in in some of the upcoming episodes that that is going to be a real struggle in terms of who who is she, um, and w- what is her role as mother, what is her role as as hero, and what is her role, uh, her role as uh, as you know, sort of uh, purveyor of magic. Do you think she's going to get sucked okay. into? Oh, sorry. Uh, do you think she's? Uh, I, uh, you think because you're one of the writers will she get sucked into uh, Regina's orbit they seem to have a sort of uneasy confederation now and Regina is teaching her magic so is there is that a danger for her oh for sure and and I think and, and I would also say maybe not only a danger I mean one of the really exciting things that these um, episodes in Neverland have granted us are see, you know seeing these characters who have had uh who have been at sort of loggerheads with one another seeing them be forced to get along mm-hmm. um and some of the most interesting scenes that uh we've had and and we'll have coming up particularly are about how sort of the enemy of my enemy is my friend mm-hmm. um and seeing how Emma and Regina can get along and how you know that is a a a a helpful thing and how they can learn from one another in regards to that it's been really nice to be able to play something other than uh them hating one another which is also yeah. deliciously fun oh yeah for sure so Chrissy do you have a couple questions I just had a question. Hi. Hi. <laughs> for talking to us. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I wanted to know about the, sh- the original Shadow. That, yeah. Ooh, well, are we going to know more about that? Because I suspect, I mean, I don't know. Okay, my theory has always been that the Blue Fairy has, has got designs and is in control of uh, pretty much everything that has been does she have a does she maybe have a connection and and what are we going to find out more about this about this other dark shadow and who that is i mean i will i will say uh in terms of i mean it's obviously a a big reveal that the sort of the shadow predates pan um who who the shadow is uh the the shadow apparently is marilyn manson <laughs> who, yes, who voiced the shadow <laughs> very nicely too um so maybe he was cutting a record before uh before the <laughs> island. Um, we are not uh, there is not a whole we're not going to learn a whole lot more information about sort of the origins of though again I would never rule out the uh, learning that in the future. Um though the shadow will play a a huge role in the next few episodes coming up. Okay, interesting. Cool. Um cool. The other question I had was about the blue, the blue fairy. Is she the one that has been orchestrating? I mean, think about it. I mean, if you go back to what we know so far from episodes from seasons one, two, and now three, uh-huh. I mean, she always seems to have her hand. She's she's sort of she's in the background. So I always call her she's shady because people don't realize, and I have a feeling she's pulling a lot of strings. I, I mean, she led the 
dark one to rumple. She she's the one that gave him the bean. I mean, like, is, am I on the right track with that? Uh, I I am not going to confirm or deny. <laughs> Conspiracy conspiracy theories that, you know, with the 50th anniversary of the JFK assassination sound, you know, very, listen, uh, uh, I would encourage you to spin away, um, but I'm I'm not going to say, I'm not going to play a game of of hot or cold with you about that. Well, we know that. We're trained. We're not playing that game. I just, no, I'm not serious. But, no, I just think it's really interesting, you know. And she kind of flips in and out in the background. So whatever little thing she does, it's kind of like people forget about it. Yeah, 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 for sure. And and by the way, you will – I mean, there's a a bunch of stuff coming up um, for the Blue Fairy uh, uh, fans out there. uh, the, in the next coming episode, in the next couple episodes, I'm not going to say that they're big mythological things that are going to tell you answers like that, but uh, right. I think I think I think you'll be excited to see it. Okay, thank you. Can, can you give us any more teases? Can I give you any more teases? About <laughs> things upcoming. Barbara, <laughs> um, I think we're on already. <laughs> I think. Listen, we're. Uh, I think you're going to see. Um. Some really – well, look, they've been on Neverland for, what, this is the eighth episode. Um, I think that the promise of them uh, of them uh, getting out and getting home is out there. Um, I think the stuff you're going to see with uh, in episode nine about the origins of Henry, I think you're going to see uh, an incredibly emotional, you know, um, emotional episode in regards to uh, Regina – and what she went through when she was trying to fill uh, the hole left by by even you know, by killing her father to start the curse, um, and how Henry was a, a means to fill that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what I would say. Okay, well that's that's great. Um, yeah. We have a couple questions, and I know I said I would keep you for half an hour, so I'm just I'm going to just pull one or two questions if you don't mind. Yeah, no worries. The chat room. Um, Not at all. Okay, so Samantha in the chat room says. Um, I noticed Henry's heart had a golden glow. Is this because he is the truest believer? Yes. I mean, that's the short answer. The the, lo- the longer answer is we certainly talked about in the room and in the visual effects meeting wanting his heart to have a, a slightly different look to it because it's special. Okay. that's and, and I think that was very obviously noticeable. So cool. And uh, Sarah Egan asks, are we going to find out more about the origin of Henry's storybook at all this season? Yes. Yes, we are. Good answer. Excellent. Excellent. My readers, my listeners have good questions all the time. And and by the way, that has been something that in the writer's room comes up so often. When are we going to, when are we going to do more about that? Where are we going to pay that off? And then you kind of just wait for the moment and then you're like, this is the right time to do it. And then the right time uh, is coming in the next couple. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. This was fun. Hey, thank you for having me. And uh, would you, would you come back and join us again after your next episode? I I sure would. Excellent. 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 And uh, this episode is actually um, a staff pick on Blog Talk Radio, so it will be all over the front page of Blog Talk Radio tomorrow. So Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you so very much. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you, Barbara. You. Bye. Have Thanks. a nice evening. Bye. You too. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
So, oh, that was fun. Was that fun? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. Nice, nice, nice guy. Um, Really is. Yes, very much. And he read my review. (laughs) That's so cool. I'm so cool. Well, you know, when I was doing when I was reviewing House every week, I was actually shocked. I did an interview with one of the writers. It was in. Season seven, it was the episode Bombshells, and it was like a hugely controversial episode. And I really liked it, and I defended the episode, but there were some things about it I didn't like. Well, I interviewed um, uh, Liz Friedman, who was the one of the two writers of the episode, the next day. So I got on the phone with her, and I said, yeah, I really like the episode. She says, well, you, you really kind of trashed it in your in your review. And I was like, oh, my God, she read my review. And it was funny because, I mean, I knew that many of the house writers read my reviews, but it kind of didn't, like, hit home that they were actually, like, reading my stuff. So um, that was actually kind of neat to, to hear that from David. So, um, so anyway, hey, guys. So, um was that that was fun and he'll be back uh, after his next episode which is a lot of fun um and he seemed to enjoy talking to you all so uh and to all of us so blue fairy okay so we're going to hear a little bit more about the blue fairy yay i'm so happy because you know that's my thing well one of the more she pops up the more chris's theories are confirmed i'm sorry he's made me a convert i am gonna okay so i I am going to, you know, Taylor Karras is in the queue, so I'm going to, yes, will I let people call in tonight? Okay, Taylor, I'm going to, and I'm sorry I couldn't bring you on during my interview with David. Um, we just have such a short time, so uh, I will put you on. Hello. Hello. How are you? Fine. So, um, oh, oh, Jimmy just dropped off because he goes to sleep. It's it's late for him. Um, so Hi, David. Uh, David's David's gone. I could only have him on for half an hour, and um, I probably took up twenty five minutes of the thirty with my own questions. So I didn't have much time to bring anyone on the air. Um, but if you do, if you have a question um, for him, I can certainly email him. Um, yes, I do. I do have a question. What's your question? What would be your question? And I watched episodes such as The Price of Gold and Hatchet, and I like what you did with Rumpelstiltskin and uh, the Mad Hatter. Tell me, how do you manage to get inside the characters and exploit their best potentials while fitting it within the confines of an episode? Well, I, and I'm not, he's, not on, he's not on with us anymore, but I think that that, and I'm, I'm going to take the liberty of answering that as a as a fiction writer because I'm a fiction writer um, you just you, you live the character when you're writing you just you're in the head of the character and the characters can surprise you and they can go in ways that you don't necessarily expect them to go um, but when you're living the character you can't hate them I know and you know, so when you're living that character, um, you're thinking in that character's shoes, and and any pro- a professional any professional writer would do that. 
So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm you know, I, I don't mean to answer for David, but I will certainly ask him that. Um, Thank but you. That would, that would be my guess as to what he would answer. Um, but that's kind of a, a, a good writing question. Um, so what did you think of last night's episode, Mr. Karras? And I, I haven't been watching WOUAT yet. I don't know. I haven't been watching it. Sorry. Okay. Okay. So um, I, I've been too I, busy with Twitch. Okay. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. All right. I'm going to put you back in the queue because I'm going to see if Meredith wants because I see Meredith is on the line. Thank you for having me on the show. Okay. No problem. No problem. Um, Sarah, you're not going to call in tonight? Um, so let's see. Meredith, Meredith, you're on the air. Um, hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, well, actually, I still have a cold, but I'm yeah, all right. I know you're sick. Um, so did hi. you? How did you enjoy David on our show? Oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, he's great. I bet he's a really great guy. Yeah, he seems like a, a terrific guy. What did you think of last night's episode? I know you and I have had a couple of emails going back and forth today and uh i think you really liked the episode i just loved it and you you really strongly suggested as i do i totally agree that everybody should go back to the beginning of the season and watch peter pan's actions and words and everything especially his scenes with rumple in context of last night's episode yeah the things he said I mean, the way he rubs salt in open wounds, horrible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he definitely, he, he isn't, the fact that, you know, he's over 300 years old and still up to his old tricks, just, is. I hope that they don't make villains worse than him. I really don't. Mm-hmm. So cool. Um, yeah, I hope that, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. So, um, all right, I'm going to put you back in the queue and take Sarah. Okay. Hang on. Hello, Sarah. Hello. So, did Hi, you go, Sarah. <laughs> did, were you okay in the storm yesterday? Oh, yeah, I I was able to, yeah, luckily no power, no, wa- uh, no water affected the house, so everything's good. Oh, so, good. Good, it's just a 20-minute news coverage delaying, yeah. basically cutting off. I was so mad. I I was having a very long work day, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to go home, watch one yeah. more time, and then do my oh. homework, and it was 20 minutes late. I was just, 25? Maybe, no, yeah, 25. Was, 25 minutes late. Uh, I don't know. I, I lost track. I just knew that as soon as, as, soon as it, it returned on, I'm like, it's Bay and Wendy. What? No. When they're in the, when they're all together in the camp, I'm like, no, yeah. I gotta go online and go to my source and huh. uh, you know, figure I, that all out. I started tweeting WLS TV, and uh-huh. I was like, come on, guys, come on. Yeah, I think yeah, I saw. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, interesting. So Angela says, um, Rumpel's father worse. Uh, Rumpel's father. Is far worse than him. Oh, my gosh. I loved, by the way, and I said it to David, I absolutely adored that final scene between Rumpel and Peter Pan. You know, this whole... That was epic, actually. That was I just... am not 
anything like you. He completely rejected his father. Completely oh, rejected his father. Star Wars right there. Like, oh, like, gosh, join, yeah. Like, join me, Luke. Together we could rule the galaxy as father and son kind of thing yes. right there. there and Very... then there was another line. Then there was someone, someone else said another line from Star Wars, and it just, I think it's, um, like, I'm nothing like you or something like that. And it was yeah. just like, Star Wars, they're getting, they're hitting all of my favorites, like, <laughs> like pop culture references, Indiana Jones, the uh, Star Wars. Now we just need text of the future somewhere in this. See, I just don't see Rumpel as Luke Skywalker. He's Han Yeah, I, I know, I know. He's but I, 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 I know I forgot to, to, to ask David, hey, man, can you tell the wardrobe, just keep him in that outfit <gasps> back in story, because, oh, my God, I don't want him to go back to the suit because he looks so great. He, like, oh, my Lord. Can you hear that all the time, please? Um, I, bet, I bet that's really, I bet that's really, really uncomfortable. He looks, sure. Well, you know, like, but what the fuck, though? He's bulky. never been in any other clothing. Rook has never been in any other clothing. He's I know, but, but his, 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 kit, his kit looks re- I mean, his outfit, his costume, um, uh, Hook's costume looks a lot more comfortable. Yeah. I mean, Rumpel's true, costume but... looks really stiff and uncomfortable. I think, well, I think it's mostly the jacket for me that would be uncomfortable because it's yeah. such a high neckline, you know? I mean, I'm thinking yeah. he's probably, it's probably soft leather that he's wearing, but, yeah. oh my God, I just want him to be in that outfit all the time. I just, I can't, I don't know it's going to be weird to see him in Brick with a suit on. It's just going to be weird. <laughs> I just love him so much the way he looks now. So, so Matt Cartelli says, Rumpel said, Peter Pan destroyed my father to Neil. That's it. Obi-Wan told Luke, Darth yeah. Vader destroyed your father. Ooh, that's right. very good. Yeah, that was no, it. I'm like, no. there's another one somewhere. It was so that's good. Great. So well played. That's great. I love that. That's so true. Yeah, see, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I like to think Rumpel is a little bit, well, I guess. He could be either or, really. He's sort of the sorceress. He's sort of the, uh, the what do you call it? The um, emperor? The emperor in some ways. Yeah, yeah, Because for he's sure. the dark one, right? So, yeah. So he's the emperor, but then he's also a little bit of there's, like a There's a certain background. And because yeah, of an what he went through, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of Luke Skywalker and there's a lot of uh, the victim. I mean, you know, you can really understand Rumpel not wanting to. He's been a victim all his life. Right. And now finally he can't. He's not. He doesn't have to be a victim again. Exactly. So um, yeah, I, I really think um, you know. I, David, I, what David said about how you know um, when they when that transfer was made or the transformation between the father and then you see Robbie uh, as Peter Pan. And his eyes were watery, you know. I mean, it was just yeah. that was a that was really. I mean, but it was actor, interesting. I mean, it was just such an incredible performance. And like it, it, the way that they did that, the way it was. And and, it, was just, and it's interesting because you see him kind of flying over the land, and you think he's looking for Rumpel, right? And then he finds the cave, 
and he completely gets distracted with that, and he stops. Very interesting. Which which shows, yeah, which shows he really doesn't care. Fundamentally, this is a very selfish, selfish man. Definitely. And even though you know everything that Rumpel has done has been for family, you know. That's uh, true, and that's what's interesting too, because you know that's one of the things with Rumpel is in, before he was the dark one. I mean, he 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 had pride and he revered Mila so much and his son so much. You know, he he wasn't going to allow himself to be the unfeeling bastard that his that his father was. And it also and, puts and into con. I think it puts into context too um, why Rumpel injured himself in the ogre war. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it just it, it makes it. I I just feel like he, he and like you said, I mean, the, everything that he has done as the dark one point has always been for his family, you know, getting right. back to his family, getting back to Bay, right. you know, saving Henry now, whatever he's got to do, he's going to do. And do you think for a second that if his father was the dark one, can you imagine him as the dark one? Oh, my God. He would have been horrible. I, I mean, mean, there was, it there would was have nothing. Been, because ultimately, Rumpel, even though he's the dark one and all this, he still has a good heart underneath it all. I mean, it's a curse, and yeah. that's the difference. And I think that if it, if his father were to become the dark one, you know, you never know. They could end up doing that twist because think about it. Let's just say, for for argument's sake, that okay, uh, Rumpel is able to come out of the Pandora's box without being the dark one. Dark one is still in there. They put Pan in there. Yeah, and then what if what if down the line he is released at some point and he's a, and he has absorbed being the dark one because then then you've got everybody right. against one major villain and they could do that who knows I don't know I mean Angela like, says Angela says that Pan seems to be as powerful as the dark one I agree yeah. I think Pan is already I very powerful yeah so can you imagine um, if he, he would amped it it would be amped up tenfold yeah. if he um, you know, Samantha, Ma- yeah. Samantha Leah says, I didn't feel like Robbie was crying tears of sadness. I just felt like it was all the emotion of the transformation couldn't be contained. You know, it was like, finally, See? finally, I am what I want to be. I'm a child. Yeah, again. that could be, too. That, that could be, be, too. Because he didn't seem terribly concerned about um, not well, having Robbie. Well, he wasn't sympathetic or anything like, I'm, no. you know, like he didn't see like he was he was not really sorry for giving no. up giving up his son to the shadow. I mean, which is really and interesting. In, and in fact, it's interesting because Rumpel says to Pan, "What have you just brought me here so that you could taunt me?" Right. Exactly. You know, so there's such a cruel, and I think one of the things that, and and you know, Rumpel, I think, is still. In, in this, so far in the series, when he's mm-hmm. come across real genuine cruelty, I think mm-hmm. he's been astonished by it. When Cora pulled out her own heart, yeah, he that's was actually true. astonished 
by well, the look on his face was like, was like, oh my god, what the hell? <laughs> what what did you do? You know, how, yeah. why would anyone do that? And um, I think when he has seen that cruelty, and when he has seen other cruelty, I think his reaction has been the same. Um, you know, and don't forget when um, he became the Dark One, he stopped the ogre war. He brought the children home. That's right. He did. Yeah. I mean, do you think that his father, as the Dark One, would have done that? Hell no. He no. wouldn't have cared. I mean, no. and that's why I'm saying, yes, he's done these horrible things as the Dark One, but it comes from a different place. His, his I think anger it does. And his, yeah. You know, it, 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 he's not... He's not inherently evil is the difference, but, the, but I his think he's not. Is. I, yeah, and I think his father is is a is a real bat, a, a right bastard. Yeah. They say, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I want to I want to spend some time, and I you know I could go on about last night's episode forever. It was really really <laughs> good. Um, I have actually watched it now it. twice, which which actually for this for for once upon a time is actually fairly rare for me to watch an episode more than once. Um, but this one it I watched so good. three it times. Just, yeah, yeah, I, I really, really... Yeah, definitely up there. Um, would love to see uh, a commentary track with David and um, Robert and uh, Robbie Kay. And Robbie Kay, that would be great. In the, Wouldn't that um, be cool? That would be amazing. I think we need to start a campaign to get them to do that. Start <laughs> <laughs> a writing campaign. <laughs> By the way, I tweeted. Speaking of a writing campaign, I just t- I tweeted Robbie K earlier and told him he should be on my show. <laughs> well, if you if you if you get them since since they don't like I don't know what I'm not worthy enough apparently. Oh. He was on spoken to him before. I'm sure he would do it. It's just a matter of yeah. yeah. That's okay if we can talk to him here. That'd be fine. I mean, whatever. I will try. I will try. I'm not worthy. I do have some, I'm not worthy. <laughs> I do have some good guests coming up, by the way. Um, I have coming up, yeah. I have next Monday, I have on, ooh, I have to get back to my calendar, December, uh, January, Jackie Holland. Do you know who she is? No. Who is that? Who is Jackie Holland? That's your assignment. Oh, no. I have assignment. Okay. Ha. Jackie. I think Holland. I remember you asking us last time. I did, and you did not. You did not. Um, you did not respond. So she. She's an issue. Was okay. She's been in. Okay, she's been in How I Met Your Mother. Okay, she's I, I actually in, did look her up. Yeah, she's in there. Right, she's been in Desperate Housewives. And she's actually involved in a um, a brand new um, couple of independent movies. So one called uh, Teeth and Blood and one called War of the Dragon. So we're going to have her on next week for a short interview. Um, and uh, she's a comedian and she's a writer and she's an actress. And uh, so she is going to... Um, she is going to be on my show next week and, um, also coming up in, oh, thank you for, okay, official contact. Thank you for giving me that. 
press information, um, Matt Cartelli. I appreciate that. Um, and oh, what was I going to say? Oh, coming up in January, I am going to be having uh, Dean Hagland on the show. I can't wait for that. That's exciting. Yeah. Oh, it's going to he's so much fun. I uh, interviewed him for like, gosh, I think we were on the phone for an hour and a half last December. It was we had a ball. It was great. It was a great interview. And you should look it up on Blog Critics. because it, It's on Blog Critics. Um, and then in uh, December, uh, I think December 23rd, my guest will be the curator of the Museum of Broadcast Communication. Um, which is right here in Chicago. It's a fabulous, fabulous place. Wally Pedrasek. And we are going to be talking about the history of science fiction television. Cool. That should be exciting. Yeah, that should be so much fun. Um, So I am very excited about that. And so I I want to mention a couple of things. A, um, Wow, it's Sleepy Hollow getting good. And I didn't watch tonight's episode. I did not watch tonight's episode, and I am really looking forward to watching it. Um, I have an hour and a half, hour and a half for the West Yeah, I'm going to watch it as soon as I'm off the air. Um, I was was just on Twitter, okay, while you guys, while this is going on, I've been looking at all the tweets, and basically the, um, I guess the... um, some of the writers and producers have been tweeting. So for the West Coasters out there, it looks like um, Orlando Jones, Elizabeth Chitra, Mark Goffman uh, will be tweeting with the West Coast. So anyway, yeah, it's, everybody was like talking like crazy, but yeah, I know. I'm so excited. Well, you guessed on my you guessed it on my show last week. Well, of course, I didn't I, have a voice then, but I did. I did. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Fun. I could hear you. I could hear you. Sleepy Hollow Addicts. It's awesome. Yes, you should tune in for that. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's just fun because it's such a crazy. It's like a roller coaster ride, you know. And I love that it's steeped in a lot of the history. And yeah, I mean they're tweaking it to whatever they want to do, but. But, I mean, last week's episode, for me, was just the best one so far. But, but there, were, there was, like, the, the, fun, the fun part of it was, you know, the craziness. He, he, he thinks we're crazy for paying for bottled water. He's like, I know, I know. Oh, my lots God, in the computer. Anyway, it's a blast to watch. I mean, I'm loving it. it it's is. my new favorite. It's a great show, and right before it comes Almost Human. Yes. Which what did is, you see? Did you see last night? I did. I, you know, I saw the pilot a couple weeks ago. I'd seen it oh, when it was in its really rough good. cut, and then I saw it in its final cut um, last week, um, and I really liked it a lot. Um, I thought yeah. that it was, um, it's, it's certainly uh, one of the most promising Fox shows, that's on, and I love the one-two punch of both shows. It's sort of like Monday night is going to be um, Sci-Fi Night on uh, yeah on Fox on NBC, and, on Fox yeah well yeah and two also I wanted to let people know I don't know if everybody knows the following returns in January so I'm excited about that that's another one of my favorite shows with Kevin yeah Bacon. oh yeah yeah what did you think I of Revolution. Am... Oh my gosh! It is getting better and better every week. I know. I know. Um, it was great. 
And, you know, it's funny because I almost, like, knocked Kevin Bacon over last year at Comic-Con. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. Oh, my God, I, I, like, I, tripped, I tripped on him. Um, he was sitting, and I was walking in. And I can't remember. I was going in to do an interview, and it was right at the end of the interviews he was doing for his show. And it wasn't this year's Comic-Con. It was last year's Comic-Con. And um, I, like, literally, I, I tripped on his chair, and I was like, I almost fell into his lap. It was very embarrassing. Um, but um, I'm really excited about going to Comic-Con this year again. Um, but, yeah, so I, I really, I'm looking forward to um, Cannibal coming back, hopefully, in January. And I'm hoping, 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 hoping to um, sit down with either Mads Mikkelsen or... Uh, Hugh Dancy, who are the stars of the show, and sitting down and, and speaking with them um, before that goes back on the air, whenever that's going to be. That's, and that's we cool. are getting close. We are getting close to the premiere of Downton Abbey. See, and I haven't seen that now. People are like, you okay. can't see it, and I haven't watched it yet. Okay, so you have to start. You will be addicted. This is what happens. Okay. You will get addicted. <laughs> So what you need okay. to do is, is and make sure that when you get it, get the British version and not the Masterpiece Theater version. The British okay. version, the Masterpiece Theater version, thinks that we're all idiots and can't figure out the laws of British inheritance. So there, it's, it's, it's cut. So definitely um, get the British version, the BBC version. Okay. Um, and, uh, or not, <laughs> I don't know if it's on ABC. It's maybe it's an ITV, but get the um, get the British version. Um, Hannibal, yes, Downton Abbey is great. Hannibal, okay. um, February for Hannibal, maybe. Yeah, I've been talking. Katie uh, said maybe February. I've actually been talking to um, uh, NBC's PR people in charge of Hannibal, and I will let you know as soon as I know something definitive. When I spoke the last time to them, they weren't a hundred percent. So, um, lots to watch. There's another show coming on called Intelligence. Um, yes, Connie says, so don't watch it on PBS? Question mark. Um, well, watch it on PBS be- when it comes on, you know, in January, because we won't be able to watch it um, before it comes out. So, um, I don't know if we'll have access to the British version, but watch it on PBS and then watch it again. Um, it's great. It's fun. It's not especially deep, um, but it is an awful lot of fun, and I have a favorite character on it. So you're going to have to guess who my favorite character is, Chrissy. That's your assignment. Okay. <laughs> I got my assignment. He, he doesn't actually become my favorite character until he's in three. So, um, anyway, we are out of time. So, thank you, everyone, and a special, special, special thank you to David Goodman, um, who's co-executive producer of Once Upon a Time, for joining us tonight. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, and I will catch you all next week. Have a good week. All right. Have a good week, Sarah. Okay, bye. bye. Have a good one. Good night. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.